0: Welcome to Election Profit Makers, friends. We are hydrated and elated to be sharing our podcast with you this week. My name is David, and I'm joined by John. Hi, John.
1: Hey, David.
0: How's it going? It's going great. How wet is the inside of your mouth right now, John?
1: Pretty, pretty wet. You got a prime here.
0: And that is a YouTube influencer drink? That's the Gatorade yeah. you told me about? Yeah.
1: It says hydration drink right here. Does that
0: have something to do with Amazon Prime? Nope. Oh. Well, that's the end of that segment, I guess. You know what the big news was this week? My butt stinks. What? (laughs) The big news was... um,
1: Henry Kissinger. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: Yeah, he finally died. I think that we discussed this on a episode of one of our podcasts in the last year, and I made the bold prediction that Henry Kissinger was going to die this year.
0: If you did, that was only a psychological hedge so that your dismay and pain and grief at, at your favorite person dying would be offset by your – It's like when you predict that UNC will lose football games as a psychological hedge against the pain of them losing. You know what? What? That's not
1: true. And when we get to the the sports package today – Oh, are we doing a full goodness, sports
0: goodness package today? Yeah. Yeah, we are.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Henry Kissinger died and uh, everyone celebrated on the left and on the right
0: they didn't good analysis good analysis Henry Kissinger friend to all inside the beltway Samantha Power and going to Boston Red Sox game with Henry Kissinger I'll never forget that photo Henry Kissinger advising every single Democratic presidential candidate for all time Henry Kissinger what is there to say rest in piss I think it's so funny when people say that (laughs) because that's pretty nice (laughs) yeah oh boy oh boy he was a hundred years old. He got away with a lot. He's one of the original <laughs> yeah. bad boys. That's what I'm going to say. He truly yeah. was, actually, now that I mention it, he truly was a yeah. bad boy because his um I read some articles about how ubiquitous he was on like the party circuit and stuff and the fancy restaurant circuit in New York. There were a couple interesting articles about that stuff after his death.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people really praised him. They were like, you know, he did all these things, but then he just lived his life the way he wanted to live his life. Right, exactly. And I was like, that's good i guess right
0: yolo for henry i suppose <laughs> yeah
1: i mean he was buddies with barbara walters and, he uh,
0: hobnobbed with celebrities he coined the ultimate bad boy phrase power is the ultimate aphrodisiac and he dated a lot he was like a bachelor like a like a man about town that's kind of a bad boy vibe to you know have a hand in the deaths of so many hundreds of thousands of people and then to be like a studio 54 guy it's kind of um it's a bad boy,
1: right? Was he the original genocide Joe? Mm. Holocaust Henry? Newsom and Desantis had big ratings on Fox News this week.
0: This is surprising.
1: This really was so. Trump's town hall with Hannity earlier this year brought in 2.9 million total viewers, which was marginally better than the 2.8 million that he had in his town hall in June. Mm -hmm. But the Newsom DeSantis debate averaged 4.75 million viewers.
0: There's those numbers.
1: And I watched it and I thought it was pretty entertaining and I thought Newsom did pretty well. But I got to tell you from a prediction market standpoint- Newsom was was really
0: hurt by this debate. It was a huge nothing burger. The numbers have spoken. Gavin Newsom now trading at 16 cents to Joe Biden's 74 cents in the who will win the 2024 Democratic presidential nomination market.
1: And that has always been free money that it will not be Newsom. Right. So if you were to follow up on that advice last week and to buy no on Newsom uh, the yes shares have dropped from 23 to 16. So you would have made a little money. Um, DeSantis unchanged.
0: So why is that, John? I read a lot of summaries that said Newsom outperformed DeSantis at this debate and got in some good zingers and seemed like he was uh, really rocking Desantis's world. Why would he fall on predicted? I would
1: say that because there is a right bias uh, on predicted, perhaps. That could be the only reason uh, that I see that, or or that I just couldn't look at it objectively, that maybe maybe Newsom did do
0: poorly. Maybe DeSantis rocked Newsom.
1: Well, no, no. I mean, even if, if predicted is to the right, clearly they did not feel that as well. But really, you can't you can't go much lower than DeSantis already is. So
0: DeSantis is at seven cents. Yeah, man. I hope I hope his campaign doesn't know about predicted because that's really going to bum them out. Seven cents. Ron DeSantis, more like Ron to seven senses. hmm mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis, more like Ron seven cents per share. That's it. That's the one. That's the one. Nikki Haley at 19 cents. Former President Donald Trump at 77, up two to 77 cents. Mm-hmm. So again, we have what we had last week, which is that Trump's nomination is, is outperforming Biden's nomination. Trump at 77, Biden at 74. Look at these numbers, y'all. Look at these numbers. And now let's look at the real numbers that matter. How much is kid might is down in the GOP 2024 presidential nominee since I shorted President Trump? I'm down more than $250. Oh, my God. When will I ever learn? Where have all the flowers gone? Oh, when will they ever learn? Where have all the dollars gone more like? Huh? Where have all the dollars gone? Long time trading. Where have all those dollars gone? Long time ago. All those dollars went to shorting President Trump. Oh, when will I ever learn? Oh, when will I ever learn?
1: You know, there's going to be a debate tomorrow among the Republican nominees minus Donald Trump, and it looks like it's going to be the last RNC-sponsored debate. Uh, Looking at how they were going, who had to qualify, it looked like Chris Christie was not going to make it, in fact. Uh, he absolutely did not have the qualifying polls at all. He needed to be at 6% in two national polls or 6% in one national uh, or 6% in two states, something like that. And he clearly did not meet the criteria, but he still got in.
0: They gave him a, they gave him a what, buy?
1: Do you think that they, that, you know, somebody put their finger on the scale to try to get him in because they thought
0: that- absolutely. If the party is worried about Trump, they'll totally bend the rules so that Christie can be in there. They just need somebody to zinc Trump.
1: No, but it, but they're not. But the party isn't worried about it. The Party wants Trump. It's, you think um, so? You think the party? It's huh? it's Rona McDaniel.
0: Mm. She's total Trump. So why would they let Christie in then? Because maybe he could help bring Haley down a peg. Chris Christie's not going to be in the debate ragging on Nikki Haley. Chris Christie would want Nikki Haley to get the nomination.
1: Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe, well, why I don't know why they let him in.
0: Well, find out.
1: Well, that's why we're, we're here to discuss this. Call them right now. Do you want to do
0: that? Yeah. We should start doing more... Phone pranks, phone investigations. Yeah. Do you have Ron McDaniel's number? No. Yeah, so it's 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 Vivek. He's still in it?
1: Yeah. And... Uh, and Chris Christie and and Haley and DeSantis. So
0: that's going to be a real that's going to be a pissy debate. They're really going to be sniping. If this is the last one, it's do or die for these people, right?
1: Well, there could be more, but they would not necessarily be sanctioned by uh, the party. You know, it would be more like a DeSantis Newsome debate. You know, MSNBC or Fox News. These
0: little off brand debates, right? So wait, so I want to get back to something. So you watched the DeSantis Newsom debate? Yes. The whole thing?
1: No, not the whole thing. No.
0: And what was your impression of it?
1: Uh, it was pretty nasty, actually. Yeah, it was. But Newsom is just so smart. Hmm. He's a, he's a smart guy. He's smooth. He's he's um he's like a Pete Buttigieg.
0: I was gonna say, is he smoother than your boy Pete?
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's smoother than Pete, but he's. He's a much better communicator than DeSantis, which isn't saying a ton, but I thought he was a very good advocate for Biden. I thought that the Biden campaign would have particularly enjoyed him going out there. I mean, one of his best lines was You and me have two things, you have at least one thing in common, and that is that neither of us are going to be the nominee for our party, Mm. which is a bit of a dig at DeSantis. And it was just a, a basically a lot about California and Florida.
0: California versus Florida, a tale as old as time. Is it? Two of the iconic states. Who will win in the battle of California versus Florida? So interesting to think about that.
1: Yeah, we talked about that once. If all the states went to war, remember that?
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Who would win?
1: I think, uh, I think California would have
0: a- California's, California's looking a pretty good in the super war between all states.
1: Yep. California's looking good. Florida's not looking terrible either, though.
0: Mm. Uh, Let me think on that. I guess you're right. They got the uh,
1: U.S. Special Operations Command based in Tampa.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember in the rules of our thought experiment if each state's military installations then fight on behalf of that state. Is that what we decided? That's a guaranteed asset for the state? Yeah, I think
1: we did. I think in the end, I I want I was upset and wanted to change the criteria because nothing we did was helping North Carolina.
0: Yeah, North Carolina was getting smoked no matter what the rules were.
1: Because we don't have a port, uh, which means we do not have nuclear submarines, and those are important. Mm. And just because we have the largest army base on earth- uh, even if they're all fighting for us, just you know, a couple of nuclear subs.
0: Makes a difference. My idea yeah. was that
1: North Carolina would have to go in and do a surprise attack on Virginia. Right. I remember take discussing that. And over Hampton that. Roads. Yep. And then North Carolina and Virginia could start could making team up. some noise. Right.
0: Yep. And in our thought experiment, states were allowed to attack, invade, and take over neighboring states. And then they would be in an uh, in an alliance together.
1: Yep. Absolutely,
0: it wasn't necessary to take over every state in order to win this war game. But taking over a neighboring state for their assets is certainly um, encouraged, we should say in our in our thought experiment in our war game.
1: Yeah, I just remember thinking that Virginia was way more powerful than you would
0: think. Virginia John size. has a few tricks up its sleeve. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Not to mention the many lovers who live there. Hmm
1: one of the most uh, iconic ad campaigns of all time
0: one of the most erotic ad campaigns for a state in american history virginia is for lovers that was like a very um it's yeah bold. it's not was they still use it it's incredible how did they yeah. de- how did they decide on that it's so crazy
1: so it's it was originally supposed to be Virginia is for lovers of history. Mm-hmm. Virginia is for lovers of the environment. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Keep going. Uh, yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah this yeah. sucks. Just make it Virginia's for lovers instead of yeah. cycling so through all had these." Had a little things.
1: bit of a double meaning, right? It's, it's, it's yeah.
0: I never knew that. So it's like, vir- I, I,
1: yeah, I never got that as a kid either. I was just like, yeah, I guess that's the
0: state where it's legal to have sex or whatever, you know, when you're a kid and you see these bumper stickers.
1: Yeah, as long as you're both white.
0: No other state has ever had anything nearly so sexy. Is that true?
1: Mm, I can't think of a single other state motto except for Texas. Don't mess with Texas. But that's like that's their their litter campaign. Right. I think North Carolina used to be Variety Vacation Land. I have no idea what it is now.
0: That's not great. Variety Vacation Land? That's not sexy at all. It just sounds like I a bunch of we, work, you know?
1: Yeah. Dude, let's get in let's get into I think we need to get into Let's the, just do
0: all our listener questions. Now, John, this one is protect, This is particularly humbling for me. Last week I took great pleasure in riding your ass about still being on Twitter. And actively supporting the white supremacist projects of Elon Musk because you cannot avert your eyes from Twitter for one second because of your quote-unquote news analysis career that you have. That's right.
1: I am individually the one person keeping Twitter alive with my multi-million dollar ad campaigns that I run. Right.
0: uh, Um, All of
1: my influence.
0: Then I come to find out that in the very same episode where I'm where I'm delighting and shaming you for supporting Twitter it turns out that the synthesizer that I mentioned using at my live performance the com- this synthesizer company is owned by the Elon Musk of the synthesizer world a right-wing uh maga supporting edgelord. listen to this we got an email from an um From a a listener, I'm going to keep them anonymous, but we know this name. We trust this listener. He said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the owner of Synthrotech Synthesizers is a hardcore MAGA Republican. This is based on firsthand experience as I worked there for some months and frequently had to hear his Bible-thumping pro-life rants. He eventually had to move from Portland, Oregon to the middle of nowhere, Idaho to be around, quote, like-minded people. I am speaking from personal experience when I say you should not give him any more money and you probably shouldn't even mention the company's name, as as I know you wouldn't want to actually promote him. We heard from multiple people about the owner of the synthesizer company. So, John, I'm in the stew just like you. I'm just about as morally compromised as you are.
1: Look, we all are. Are you going to let this asshole MAGA guy steal joy from you? Are you gonna
0: Well I'm gonna stop actively supporting his company, unlike you? Actually, we're not in the same boat. I'm I am gonna do better than you because I'm not gonna buy I'm not gonna support his products anymore. I'm not buying anything. Yeah, but I'm you're using it. You're helping fine. its valuation by being a user. That helps the numbers, John. That helps Linda yacarino
1: Yeah. And what about the you numbers? on Instagram? What's that? What about you on Instagram? Instagram is what number one. What's the issue with Instagram? About Owning an iPhone and banking with Bank of America. If any
0: of those things were owned by total neo Nazis, I would stop doing it. Okay.
1: Well, I'm not going to let Elon Musk steal my steal your joy, joy the joy
0: that you get on Twitter the, no, <laughs> the psychologically no. healthy joy the that app, you get the, on the Twitter app is, the, the, the app, app that is, makes your life a lot better and healthier and joyful. It does,
1: and and the app is going to change hands soon or die. It is. It's dying. It's dead. Elon himself said it was going to die. The
0: advertisers have killed. If Twitter dies, it's because the advertisers killed it.
1: Yeah. De- he is testing that message because that is the message that he will walk out when it when they declare. Did you predict
0: proxy. that Twitter would be dead by the end of this year?
1: David, Dave Carr, who uh, you know famously of the Brett Bug.
0: Oh right. Thing. Yeah.
1: Wrote a big uh, piece on it and and predicted that the regulations uh, from the government government regulations and fines would eventually bring Twitter down within the year, and I think he revisited that recently, saying that he was wrong that it hasn't happened yet, but he still feels like it's heading in that in the same direction. Mm. He's a smart guy. I tend to agree with him.
0: All right. Anyway. I won't be buying synthesizer kits from this company anymore now that I know, now that I have the context for the owner and his, and his edgelord behavior and his policies, man, it fucking sucks because I can't use Uline anymore. You know, Uline, the sh- the product company that makes like padded envelopes and traffic cones and, you know, all kinds of amazing, um, amazing supplies basically for running your business. I've used Uline for for years and years for my little projects and i had to stop using them because the woman who runs uline who's a very interesting woman i think we've talked about this before i think maybe years ago um is a super super um trump supporter like mega donor like hardcore like the home depot guy you know Mm -hmm. can't go to home depot anymore i can't go to uline anymore i can't use any of my favorite businesses anymore I mean, I guess I can. Nobody – I don't know if it makes a difference. Do you think it makes a difference? Do you believe in boycotting? Yeah. Yeah. I think it it can make a difference. Have you ever boycotted anything for political reasons or stopped using a product for political reasons?
1: Mm, I've definitely tried to stay away from certain places.
0: Like what? Chick-fil-A. Oh, right. Chick-fil-A. I forgot about the Chick-fil-A stuff. Okay. Yeah.
1: Definitely stay away from Walmart. Mm Mm-hmm. In favor of Amazon.
0: Right. Amazon much better than Walmart. Right. Right. It's crazy how everything is so relative. Like, remember when Borders Bookstore, you weren't supposed to go to Borders because it was killing mom and pop bookstores. But then when Amazon came along, better to go to Borders than to go to Amazon. Right. It's like Walmart. I would sooner go to a Walmart store than an Amazon store, I think, at this point. Just my personal animus for Jeff Bezos, who I think is a fucking freak, creep, and a monster.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, man.
0: What? Walmart over Amazon?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Amazon's bad.
0: REI, where I buy all my high-tech performance pants, apparently has been fined for like illegal anti-union activity. I can't go to REI now to get my performance pants. Um, and then Trader Joe's, which is like the hub of my social life. I go to Trader Joe's 50 times a week to buy snacks. Trader Joe's also, I realized the other day, Trader Joe's isn't really a grocery store. It's just a snack store. And that's when I and that's when I understood how much I love Trader Joe's (laughs) because all they sell is snacks like you could not make a Thanksgiving dinner at Trader Joe's. They don't have a turkey. I don't think they would have they would have like a they would have like frozen turkey chompers or frozen turkey fingers or something that you could heat up in a pan like you're eight years old and eat with sriracha or whatever. Trader Joe's doesn't sell real food. They sell snacks. When I realized that, I got so embarrassed and self-conscious about how much I love Trader Joe's and how much stuff I eat from Trader Joe's. Because, John, buying a brick of cheddar cheese, that's like right on the edge of actually being food. That's like almost not even a grocery. You know what I mean? No. It's almost like buying a huge pencil eraser. Do you get what, I, do you get what I'm saying? No. Well. No. No, I don't get what you're saying. All right. Oh. It might be it might have something to do with my own interior um psychological state. So I'm not going to burden you or our beloved listeners with that.
1: I can't go to Trader Joe's because it's just so crowded. Yeah. It's just so
0: small. Yeah, man.
1: You know, it's like if you're in New York City and you're going into a grocery store and it's like that, you're like, yeah, this makes sense. I'm in Manhattan. Right. It's tight.
0: Yeah, there's no footprint. There's no space.
1: But I mean, here, I'm like, what are we doing? Mm. Mm. Spread this thing out, man.
0: Ouchy, wow, Oh boy! All right. So we got some emails about this whole um, Israel-Hamas stuff. I think some of the—I'd like to make a prediction. Uh huh.
1: That that what we're about to do uh-huh. is not going to be helpful in any way, and that it is a bad idea. Hey
0: man, if everyone's mad at you, you must be doing something right. You no, know, we're about to find out. So here's what we say: We support the Israeli government unequivocally, a hundred percent. And we also support Hamas unequivocally, 100%. Now, how are you going to make sense of that, all you you non-galaxy-brained people? All right. So let's see. This person says, this listener, Phil, says, I agree with your high-level stance on Israel-Palestine. I don't enjoy genocide Joe name-calling. If you're going to talk about the war at all, I think your listeners would rather hear more interesting takes. Like, what should Biden be doing instead? And how does it relate to the election markets and preventing another Trump term since genocide Donald would be even worse for Palestine and the world? On this week's episode, John said some hostages got released and Israel is continuing indiscriminate bombing. That isn't true and makes me think John is getting all of his news from TikTok zing alert. Oh my God. There is a ceasefire. That's why the hostages are being released. I know it was a one-off comment, but please don't spread misinformation, especially on something as sensitive as... now. that's legit.
1: That is totally legit. You, and you I, appreciate, I appreciate him for saying, I know it was a one-off. Right. It was a totally one-off. And I would just like to say, me saying that Israel is doing indiscriminate bombing was a mistake. I shouldn't have said it. It's obviously not true. Even if that bombing has killed hundreds of innocent civilians or, or thousands, I don't think that's Israel's goal Um, wait but he's not
0: he's not criticizing you for characterizing Israel's bombing as indiscriminate he's saying that the week you said that there was actually a ceasefire so Israel actually literally wasn't bombing that's what he's saying
1: oh Oh, okay well according to TikTok they were and that is where I get all okay
0: you don't have to be sarcastic
1: no No. okay no
0: Um, there was a there was a ceasefire and John yeah whatever
1: yeah, well, I guess I, what I meant was before the right,
0: ceasefire. Right, before the ceasefire. That, that, that... that, that, that And now that, the ceasefire uh, is over. Happened. So the bombing can I was can basically
1: begin? trying to, you know, offer some balance and throw a bone to our pro-Hamas listeners by saying that, because I feel like some listeners or some people in our Discord have thought that I've been a little too pro-Israel at times. So since all of this, I've just tried to not really say anything.
0: Hmm. Um, We got a long email from a listener. I'm not going to read all this, but he's talking about. Yeah, this one's directed at you. Yeah, this is more about me and my history as a. Yeah, this guy's written me off already. Okay, I'll we'll just read this one part. You mentioned in this week's episode about saying that we young people won't vote for Biden. He says, I work in progressive electoral politics and me and my network are some of the last people you would think you could imagine ending up here. Essentially, okay, can I just can I sorry what? can I
1: just interrupt you yeah. for a second? Going back to the, uh, the 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 other letter where he's talking about us referring to genocide Joe, I think I think when we were saying that, uh it's a little more, it, at least on my, from my standpoint, it's a it was a little more tongue in cheek.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: But I don't know if he took it that way. I think he was saying that we were being completely serious by saying that. Um. But may, again, this is probably a mistake for me to even say that it's tongue-in-cheek because I think a lot of people think that we should be saying that it's... He, that, that he is he, genocide, he, Joe. That, that he is he's fomenting genocide, ge- or supporting
0: so, a genocide.
1: That's right. So go, this is, go, goes back to the prediction that this is a, just a terrible idea. We got to do even, it. We
0: got to lick the nine-volt battery, John. We got to do it. Yeah.
1: I just think it's going to generate more discussion and we're going to get more letters.
0: Hey, man, join the conversation. Pepsi-Cola.
1: <laughs> right. And more one-off comments that have been made and mistakes... That we've said in the last five minutes, or is just gonna it's just fi- gonna—it's fine. It's fine. It's
0: just a it's, podcast. It's totally fine. Let's let's read this other letter. Or I'm, I'm gonna read a section from this other letter. He's talking about how he used to read my political cartoons in high school, and basically he's like, "What happened? Like, why aren't you angrier about Israel?" He's talking about when we mentioned in a previous episode, young people. Right. Young voters who say that that the Biden's support of Israel is a deal breaker. They will not vote for Biden, even if Trump is brought to power. Right? You and I, John, have not taken a strong position on that electoral strategy or that political strategy. But this listener says, I can promise you, and this is someone, mind you, John, who says he works in progressive electoral politics. He says, I can promise you I will not vote for Biden. And I have a lot of friends who have spent their lives on the campaign trail who are in the same place. They will not vote for Biden. One thing that feels broadly felt among my peers is that something has changed that will never, ever be the same. Even though we all remember the last six wars, this one is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than anything, he says, I'm bewildered and therefore also curious to hear a little of your own bewilderment. If you're, if you're willing to share, to the extent this moment doesn't hit you in quite the same way, I'm curious. Is it something about aging we're about israel and palestine specifically and the stories were told about it being complicated is it influenced by a need to not become unemployable i guess that's about a my, jeopardizing my incredible showbiz career by coming out in support of israel or hamas uh, what would 9 11 era david do and what does present day david think about that all right much to consider my thoughts about this are aging probably has something to do with it. And also, this has been going on for 20 years ever since I made those cartoons when I was first getting engaged in this stuff. It's the same. Like, I kind of feel like, John, that we don't spend much time talking about Israel and Palestine. Like, sometimes if there's a massive school shooting, like whatever the latest mass casualty atrocity due to guns is, someone will write us and say, why aren't you discussing this? It's like, what the fuck do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> What the fuck is it? Sad and boring. I know that sounds awful to say about Uh, a war that's killing what IDF says, like 15,000 people. So who knows how many people have been killed? It's horrible. Yeah,
1: It it is horrible. And the school shootings are horrible. But what
0: insight or analysis can we offer? We assume that everyone who listens to us is basically on the same page. Palestine is getting shafted, and it's been getting shafted for decades. Hamas, however, is not a cool organization. (laughs) Uh, Netanyahu should be in jail. Likud sucks. Israeli settlers are maniacs. And um, on the other hand, I kind of don't think you're going to have Palestine from the river to the sea or whatever. Like Israel's going to Israel has a right to exist. Is it founded on injustice? Yes. Is it an apartheid state for now? I've kind of given up hope on a two-state solution. Like, I truly don't know what's going to happen. It feels intractable to me. It feels like a permanent state of tension, Mm -hmm. violence, despair, unease, and it makes it uh, difficult to talk about because we've been thinking and dealing with this shit for 20 years, and that's not even the full history of it. That's just my own personal history of it. I mean, remember the second intifada? I mean, remember all those old old timey times? No. So for me, I think it's aging. And I also think when it comes to people saying, when it comes to young voters saying, I'll never vote for Joe Biden, this is a, this is a bridge too far, his support of Israel. Like, all right, I don't, even, I don't even feel interested in trying to convince young people that they should vote for Biden because Trump will be worse. A, because I, but let's not forget, let's not forget, I'm the guy who voted for Ross Perot twice and Ralph Nader. I used to totally be the third party protest vote guy. Now I am much older than I used to be, and I see electoral politics now as nothing more than harm reduction. I don't give a fuck what Joe Biden does. I'm going to vote for him over Donald Trump because Donald Trump would be a worse president and would cause more harm to more people, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. One thing I have no interest in and I will not support is older voters scolding younger voters for deciding to vote with their principles, even if I happen to think like, yeah, good luck. Let's see how that turns out, champ. I'm not going to totally agree. I'm not going to get on a high horse and try to shame young people. I think that's I think that's tactically stupid and also demeans what's so exciting about politics when you're younger and for some of us, even when you're older, it's like it is a it is a mechanism by which you can express your your idealism. And that's beautiful to have that. I don't have that anymore. I'm 51 years old. Some problems just seem like they might not ever go away some problems can feel very live and present at one stage of your life. And then decades later, you might be like, you know what? For whatever reason, this is no longer front of mind for me. This is not a priority for me. I see other things that I'm more interested in. And maybe that's stupid because you're thirsting for novelty. Like, ooh, but what about Sudan? The violence in Sudan is unfamiliar. I'm going to learn more about that. Or you're doing it by the numbers. You're in Noam Chomsky mode where it's like, you're just like, well, the numbers in the numbers in Rwanda are worse than the numbers in Israel, Palestine or whatever. So I'm going to focus on that, you know, like a different sort of moral accounting, if that makes sense. But for whatever reason, I feel like when I feel like with Israel, Palestine, like because because we've all let's mind you, we've also heard from listeners who've said, yeah, I stopped listening to your podcast when I saw Hamas in the title description because I just don't want to listen to that in my fun podcast. It's just a horrible situation. It fucking sucks. The there's nothing there. There's obviously like tactically new things about it. And there are developments that are interesting, like the fact that Israel basically had Hamas's entire invasion plan and dismissed it as aspirational. Like, that's pretty interesting. There's the interesting dynamics of Netanyahu desperate to hold on to power because he knows if he's not in power, he might go to jail for corruption. I guess that's interesting. The whole Biden White House thing is just embarrassing and sad that they seem to refuse to exercise any meaningful leverage over Israel. I think that's embarrassing. What's interesting about that is that young people seem much more engaged in this issue and much more supportive of Palestine than they were 20 years ago. I feel like 20 years ago, when I was making my little cartoons, it was much... Uh, mm, support for Israel felt a little stronger, or a little, or a little less equivocal than it does now. Does if that makes sense? And maybe that, maybe partly, that's due because Trump has made it okay for everyone to be an anti semite now. I mean, who fucking knows? I guess in the end, I would say it's super depressing. I don't feel like there's much I can add to this conversation, and uh, the problem to me feels intractable. I totally support young people and anyone else who feels strongly dinging Joe Biden about it. I'm in no position to criticize that, but I'm still going to vote for Joe Biden. I don't know. That's I think that's kind of where I come out. What do you think?
1: Uh, no, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Very, very eloquently stated. And uh, I feel exactly the same way. Got no problem at all uh, if if people don't want to vote for Joe Biden. I don't like it, it frustrates me, but I can't say that if I was twenty years younger, yeah, totally I wouldn't do the same thing because I was on Daily Coast in two thousand and four, <laughs> right, and I was completely just lapping up everything there possibly was, and it was the most important thing in the world, and I was giving all my money to anyone who would ask for
0: it mm-hmm.
1: and um Yeah, I think that's a good point that it's good that it has people uh, politically engaged at least.
0: We hope those responses were helpful to those of you who are concerned about the focus of our attention. low these many weeks. John, it's time to talk about the crazy piercing whistling noise that I hear every time I go to LAX. And it doesn't matter if I'm in the boarding area or the baggage claim area. The whistling sound follows me wherever I go. Alex writes in and says, the alarm you're hearing is the sound that happens when someone sets off an emergency exit door. You can hear the same sound. This is good. This tells me how I can make the sound on my own if I miss it. You can hear the same sound by leaning against an emergency exit door at Target for 15 seconds. It's likely that workers are using an emergency exit door during the course of their work at LAX. Okay, now that makes sense.
1: I think that's a great hypothesis.
0: I think it's a little- But it doesn't continue. Forever. Like this thing goes for like, it does not shut off. How can that be? Uh, Yeah. I think it's a great
1: hypothesis because I've seen them do this. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I've seen someone open a door at the airport and then some annoying alarm goes off, but then it stops after a while. At least that's how I remember it. And there's no way they had the door propped open. Oh my God. Maybe they do just to fuck with me. Hmm. Our old friend from San Pedro, Sasha, wrote in regarding Los Angeles municipalities. Remember last week when we were saying municipalities so much Mm -hmm. and we whipped everyone up into an absolute frenzy of ecstasy? Sasha says, I was listening to your most recent episode and I was hoping you would mention to your audience that San Pedro is part of the city of L.A. and is not its own municipality like West Hollywood or Beverly Hills. I don't want to argue with people about San Pedro being L.A. anymore. It's exhausting. OK, let's stop right here to announce I had no idea this was true. Did you?
1: Well, I knew that some funky stuff with annexation had happened Uh, going down to the coast. But yeah, I'm not sure. It was its own
0: city up until the early 20s. I think in 1909, it was gobbled up by Los Angeles. But I had no idea. And you and I are supposed to be so into the Minutemen. Sasha's really about to call us. You thought we were getting raked over the coals for Israel Hamas. Listen to this shit. Also, she says, in response to Double Nickels on the Dime, you said that the title of the song was referencing going 50 miles, 55 miles per hour on the 10 to San Pedro. But I want to mention the 10 doesn't go to San Pedro. However, it does connect with the 110, which does go to San Pedro. Maybe the Minutemen were taking the 10 to the 110 to go to Pedro. Oh, my God. All right. I can't catch a break. I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting zinc coming and going, but that's good. Well, before we even got this letter,
1: I'd gone down a deep rabbit hole to try to find exactly where that photo was taken of Mike Watt in his uh, VW Bug, where he is on the 10. and it. It, uh, yeah, it's on the 10 right before he is about to go on the 110. Uh, and the signs today say San Pedro 110. Uh, but in his photo, it, it does not have 110. I don't know if the 110 even existed at that point
0: oh right because this this album came out in the mid 80s so I did a ton of like geo
1: guesser type work to try to find it and the the sign says San Pedro and then it says South 11 and it's got a circle for like a California highway route mm-hmm. um, for the 11 highway
0: hmm. and that
1: may have been what eventually became the 110. Because I'm not sure that it existed at that point, and it certainly didn't in this photo. But if you look up Highway State Route 11 uh, for California, it says that it is. It says the first phase of the highway opened in 2016, and it's in San Diego. Um, it doesn't mention anything about it being in LA. So it's a bit of a mystery that I was not able to solve in, in, in the time before
0: we record it today. Does this mean Mike Watt is a ghost?
1: No. I just think it means some funky things happened with uh, rerouting and, um, you know, changing names of roadways. But I'll post all these on the Discord. Please post all these on the Discord. You can actually see some of the original buildings are still in the shots today uh, in Google Street View.
0: All right, let's move on. Okay. Neil writes, and I've been following election profit makers since 2020. I continue to enjoy it, even though it has taken a turn since predicted has fallen on hard times. You guys are so engaging. I don't really care what you talk about. That's nice. Thank you, Neil. At any rate, Here's a recording I made a few years ago of what I believe to be a great-tailed grackle. Here in North Texas, we have a great many grackles, but most of them are the common grackle, which many Texans refer to as parking lot birds, as they are mainly seen in shopping center parking lots. They're generally kind of scruffy looking, but the great-tailed variety is quite handsome and has an impressively long tail. I get a real kick out of the way he sometimes puffs himself up when he calls, This particular grackle used to visit our backyard on a daily basis to drink from the birdbath and sample the dog food that we put out for his kind and others. Neil, let's listen to your recording of the grackle, the great-tailed grackle. And we're back. Parking lot birds. Pretty cool. John, you said it all.
1: John, read this missive from Jacob. I'm writing to submit a short recording of a barred owl as heard from my apartment window in West Virginia at approximately 4 a.m. I've heard this particular barred owl on occasion for quite a while, but never this clearly. I I suspect that it was sitting somewhere high in the oak tree right outside, but as owls are silent flyers, I wasn't able to hear when it took off and left. The solitary call was all I was able to capture. Barred owls, not to be confused with barn owls, have many calls, but this recording captures its most distinctive, who cooks for you, who cooks for all. This strange and haunting call echoes through its native forests of eastern North America, but barred owls have in the last century been spotted and recorded in Oregon, Washington, and parts of Canada, where it remains an invasive species. He continues, The nearby park, just a block away from my apartment, is this owl's usual territory. I have spotted it once, though it would be more accurate to say it spotted me. It was evening, and I was seated on one of the park benches that faces a little creek. The sun had just set and I was observing a family of chittering raccoons washing their hands in the creek a good distance away. Suddenly and without warning, a shadowy figure swooped down not three feet in front of me and landed on a nearby footbridge, perhaps as an intimidation tactic to protect its territory or its young. I was more than a little high, so needless to say, it scared the shit out of me compounded in part by the fact that the wingspan of a barred owl can reach up to four feet, making it one of America's largest birds and scarily impressive creature.
0: I always forget how big owls can be. It's kind of wild, right? They're
1: very very big, yeah.
0: All right, Jacob, let's listen to your recording of a barred owl in West Virginia at approximately 4 a.m.
1: And we're back. Speaking of West Virginia, mm-hmm. the UNC football update, Carolina did not play this week because they had their final game of the regular season last week. And as we said, they lost to NC State. But they were uh, awarded a spot in the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, and they will play the West Virginia University Mountaineers, where they are once again favored to win. Which means, according
0: to you, they will lose, Right.
1: Yes, they will lose. Uh, UNC is also playing UConn in basketball today. UNC basketball team is ranked number nine in the country, and they are playing at Madison Square Garden, which is UConn's home away from home. UConn, the defending national champion, ranked number five in the country, is favored by five and a half points. I make no prediction when it comes to basketball. Hmm. Basketball is too wild. So this goes back to what I was saying I do not need to do psychological hedging I'm not psychological hedging when it comes to football. I know football
0: okay emotions have no role in your predictive in your predictive abilities that's what you're telling us not always John what do you say shall we end this week's episode Sure.
1: Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. And if you sign up for Patreon, you'll receive some wonderful EPM stickers in the mail. And you'll also get an invite code to our private Discord. Send your election prediction questions, skyline requests, and bird recordings to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com.
0: And goodbye to you. Goodbye.